0: Welcome to the Kusafa Show with Mark Gleason and Nick Say.
1: Welcome to our latest episode of the Kusafa Show where we have an exclusive interview with Banyana Banyana head coach Desiree Ellis. She prepares her side for the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. Ellis will be leading the side at a second World Cup finals and was in conversation with Mark Gleason about the team's preparations, how women's football has grown over the years and what to expect down under. So can I ask you, first of all, what, uh, just from a, a general African perspective, what do you think the realistic hopes for Africa are in a World Cup like this, particularly... If you look at the men's one in Qatar, it probably wasn't much hope and yet it turned out to be such a phenomenal, phenomenally great tournament for Africa.
0: Look, I think Morocco has shown, you know, that it is possible. The other countries that the Qatar didn't do that well. But you have um, ourselves who are going to our second World Cup, South Africa. You have Nigeria who's been ever-present. Um, you have Morocco who have done fantastically with their women's program and Zambia always surprises, you know. I mean, look at the Olympic Games, how well they did at the Olympic Games, even though, you know, they didn't get through to the next round, but they surprised a few. And I think, you know, um, football is now not about the rankings anymore. It's about what happens on the field. And, you know, our team, for example, is four years older. Um, much more matured. Um, we have a couple of players playing in good clubs in Europe. Um, the players that just started out at the last World Cup have also matured. And I think coming after the the Wefcon victory, there's a little bit more pressure now as well in uh, in doing well at Wefcon. But I think it's possible, you know, to to try and get out of the group stage because you've got to have a little bit of ambition. Um, you know, you can't be naive and, and also think that it's just going to work like that because all the groups are tough. But I think Morocco has shown when they were not given a chance in the group they went through and they almost won the World Cup. So you got to make sure that you're obviously in superb physical condition and that your plan really works and that everybody executes the plan really well, you know, and all stems from that first game where you get a positive result and then you plan further. So I don't, I don't think we must undermine ourselves um, as a continent because uh, we have tremendous talent. Um, we must just make sure, you know, that everything leading up to that is really important and everything works out and there could be a few surprises, not just with the teams on the continent, but all over, because it has been shown that you know it doesn't mean that you ranked in a certain position that you that you're going to get through or that you're going to qualify for the World Cup. Already there are so many new countries. Chile, who were highly ranked, did not make it. Went to the playoffs and didn't make it. Cameroon. Who's been there for a very long time didn't make it. So you know, it depends entirely on to you on your uh, your group of uh, of players and staff, and how you plan, how you prepare, and then you know, take it game by game. And
1: and just in terms of the gap between the established powers, I mean, you, you know, the Americans and the Scandinavians were the sort of the initial powers of women's football and the the gap initially like when Nigeria first went there was incredible how how significant do you think that has had has closed or is there still a little bit percentage to go where in your opinion do we sit in terms of closing that gap
0: look I think there is still a gap Um, When you look at the opposition that they play on a regular basis, you know, you play in Europe, you can just jump on a bus and then go to the Netherlands or go to Belgium or go to Germany and play. Uh, It's not that easy for us, though. You know, most of the teams we play, most of the teams Nigeria plays, you know, are are lower ranked than us, um, you know, and doesn't really, with all due respect, give us the resistance that we're looking for. And um, a lot of the countries in Europe, uh, America as well, have fully fledged professional leagues, and that makes a huge difference. Um, I think that that uh, countries have caught up, but you still have that little gap, you know, where they're able to um, you know, have a program and have top opposition, you know, month in, month out because they plan way well in advance. I think that gap is still there, but it's slowly closing. You look at the Men's World Cup, um, you know, a couple of results was very surprising, but it's the work that people put in and, and everything else. And I think that's going to happen the same with World Cups going forward because if you look at teams that did not qualify, um, you know, it's mind-boggling how they did not. But then when you look at those that did, maybe they were not expected to qualify, but through the work that they've put in, you know, They've all earned the right to be at the World Cup, but I feel there's still a gap between the top nations, um, and but it's slowly closing. And just looking
1: back now from when you started, I mean, you were in that first game against Swaziland, 14 0, or whatever it was, when when we first played a, a, a women's international to where it is now, I mean, how, how can you, des- can you describe maybe how drastic has it been incredibly drastic, how quickly African women's football with all of the cultural and negative perceptions initially about a woman playing football that have been broken down. I mean, is it, would it be fair to describe it as revolutionary?
0: I think so. Yes. I think when you look back, um, I think we played our first game, we had our first camp and we had this one t-shirt and we uh, were training that one t-shirt and wash it out and, you know come back and playing it again training it again and if you didn't come back to the next game somebody else would have that t-shirt i think i i played over a period of almost 10 years and only gone at 32 caps now they could play almost half of that matches in one year if you look if you look at it and i mean not in my wildest imagination would i've ever thought that we would play the number one country in the world twice um we played uh, sweden we've played netherlands we've played france Back then, in the days, you could not have imagined that. Back then, in the days, you could not have imagined that all the competitions there are now. You you have just in South Africa itself. You know, we just had a league in Cape Town, and we'd have an interprovincial, and we'd all come up and we'd play interprovincials. Now, CAF have as uh, the um, the CAF Champions League. You have the Kosafa Cup. Um, you have the different zonal zonal tournaments. You have different age group tournaments in in that in that as well. Um, you have the varsity tournament, you have the varsity cup, you have the USA club champs, you know, you used to have a university national team. So it's really, really changed. Um, we have a national league that's now up and running for three years or so. And 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 it's not where we want to be, but it's a step in the right direction, you know, um, and I think that is changing. Look at other countries as well, um, you know. Um, Uh, female teams affiliated to the top men teams as well. So things are really changing on on the continent. I just think where we need to maybe step up is in youth football. There aren't many competitions and that has to to really happen for development to really go that step further and and get countries, uh, you know, to, to really get leagues up and running. But uh, I think the zonal tournaments have been fantastic. And for us, Kosafa have been fantastic because they've allowed us to play and be able to test our players and bring more players on board and allowed us during big tournament years to bring in guest uh, nations like Cameroon and, you know, Uganda, et cetera. And that has really helped us.
1: I presume there's still much to do. I mean, there is a danger that... You know, when you rattle off all of those tournaments and you know how how much has changed, that people sort of sit back and slap themselves on the back. I mean, there must still be a lot of bridges to cross.
0: No, most, no, most definitely. You know, I think uh, the biggest challenge is schools football in the country. I think uh, CAF has now got a schools competition, and we got to get that back up and running again. I think that foundation phase is so key for 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 us, especially women's football, because you know when you when you go to any. Um, LFA or any region you have boys playing from as young as 7, 8 years old it doesn't really happen in, in the women's side so that has got to really be up and running I think the ultimate really would be to have a professional league you know everybody's yearn for that where the best play against the best, best every week week in week out where they train against the best and then you really see the competitiveness and how things change you know when you look at the Hollywood bets there are a couple of games that are really really good games but then there are others that you know don't live up to the standard and we've got to make sure that the best plays against the best every week. When you look at the USA League, you look at France, you look at Netherlands and England, they've got small leagues, um, but they've been very effective in all of that, where the best have played against the best every week and you and you see the, the USA are up there Germany are up there England are up there you know Netherlands are up there all these countries in Spain have put a lot of money into into their leagues as well um, you know and that is they've an, an up and coming country and when you look at when you looked at when I watched the Champions League now the other night you know with Wolf, Wolfsburg and Arsenal and likewise with with Barcelona and Chelsea it was top top quality and that is what we need to strive to get our football to that level
1: and I mean there's also been a lot of movement obviously for equality between the women and the men particularly the states and Canada do you think you will still be involved in the game where there's a situation where there is none of this talk about you know the the, the men have got this and the women have got that Where where every team is treated in the same way do you think that's possible in your in your still in your working lifetime
0: maybe not um, things are changing, but I think they're changing a little bit slowly where, where that is concerned in South African arts equal pay which is fantastic, um, you know, with the players are getting bonuses alike and equal pay um, in at, at SAFA. That is, I said, when we won that WAFCON gold medal, it was going to change a lot of things. And that is one of the first thing, things that, that have changed. But there's still more things that can be done to improve the women's game, to get it to that level. And we still have a way to go. As I said, we're not, we're not where we want to be, but we still have a way to go. And when you look at other countries as well, where the male teams have come out and said, you know, they'll take a cut and, to be able to be get get paid get paid the same, and it shows that e- equality from from their side. And you look at you know England now; they've turned uh, turned things around. And you look at uh, the Euros itself. I mean, Wembley was packed out. You looked at you know Arsenal now the other night sixty thousand with with Wolves work. You look at Barcelona packing at the Nou Camp. I mean, games. it has really, really changed. But it's the investment that you put in. You look at Morocco, you know, 60, 000, almost 60,000 in the in the Wafcon in the final. And for every game that they played, they had packed out stadiums. So, you know, the investment pays off. You've got to put that investment in. They've got, you know, two-tier professional league um, going. And it shows, you know, they're not in that position for nothing. So, you know, everybody's got to step up. First of all, make sure leagues are up and running on the continent and then try and assist leagues to become more professional. We look at cricket and rugby where they've gone. I've just recently read about the Blue Bulls that have contracted players and that is the that is the way to go. And, and you know, the netball and the cricket are not in that position by chance, you know, they've put all the work in. And, um, you know, we've got to make sure that we keep on improving. We've got to make sure that we keep on changing things. But I said to the players, when we won this Wafcon, a lot of things are going to change and we can only – change more things by what we do and with our performances
1: can you describe to someone who's a real football fan what it's really like to go to the world cup and to be a participant there is it possible to put that into words
0: it's just that mark it's a different level to be honest you know you you go to different tournaments and you see all these things but when you go to the world cup it's just a different level you know everything is sorted beforehand i mean you know, really, in 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 early of the beginning of the year, we already had to sort of book things for the tournament that's only happening in July August. You know, we had to do all of those things. There's a couple of deadlines, and you don't you cannot miss those deadlines where you have to, we have to hand in your provisional list, where you then have to cut the squad, where you then have to do all those things there's all of those in place. I mean, we attended, when we went to the draw, we stayed over and we obviously went to do site visits and, and so forth. The medical team, um, the media officer had to go to their, their meeting. The uh, um, Manager had to go to her meeting. We recently had Zooms where we sat on a Zoom with with referees, what they were going to do and looked at past experiences. We got sent stuff um, with the protocols for concussions and all of that. So it's, it's a completely, it's a completely Different level, you know, you get different levels, but this is just a completely different level. You get to a tournament, you don't have to worry about anything. You know, everything is set out. I think when we when we left the World Cup, at the time we got back to the hotel, our, our flights were already booked to go home the last time. Um, you know everything is so professional uh, in terms of. I remember our analysts flying to 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 Zurich to go on a course to make sure that we understand what it is that they do. You know the the games you the games are there from every angle that you that you can think of. The games are there for you to download and to be able to have a look at and, and all of those things. Everything you get into the change room, everything is set out. You you get on your bus. You have your get to this get your training field. You have security. Everything is set out for you all of those things. It's just a completely different level. Completely different level.
1: And did, I mean, did you, when you went to France uh, uh, in, in the squad, I mean, did it kind of just, did it just buzz, I mean, fly past? I mean, next thing you wake up and it's it's all gone. It was it almost like a dwell as you're going through this whole experience. It's just so magical.
0: You know, you know what, what really happened really for us was going a bit early and when you got handed over to FIFA, eventually um, everything just stepped up a couple of levels and I think, I said to the players, you know, you've got to enjoy this moment as well you've got to make sure that it doesn't doesn't pass you by and I think they grabbed and absorbed every moment that they that they could get and we knew what we were expecting what what was expected but we also didn't know you know you know but until you get there to experience all of these things you then realize that (laughs) this is really top top level in everything and I think when you look back You know, there's a lot of lessons learned from when you look back and, you know, you go there for the first time and you know what to expect, but you also don't know what's going to happen because your expectations are maybe not what what is happening around you. And you can explain to people, but until they experience that, you know, it's a completely different level. You you saw how things were running, you saw how things happened around and and all of those things. And it's just a completely different level. And um, I enjoyed every moment. Pretty we couldn't stay longer, but um, you know, it, what, it is what it is, and uh, you know, we enjoyed every experience that we could.
1: What was your reaction to the draw? I mean, it's obviously Sweden, a World Cup winner, uh, two two other strong teams. Do you, I mean, it wasn't the world's worst draw, but it's pretty tough.
0: No, I said to someone, we're in a reasonable group, you know, um, and not underestimating the teams, but we could have had um, USA and Netherlands, we could have had um, Brazil and France. Um, those are top 10 countries. We could have had Japan and Spain, you know, top 10 countries. And we've got Sweden that are now ranked number three and not for nothing. They did so well at the Euros. They did so well at the Olympics. You have Italy was a rising force. You know, the leagues have really, really improved. You see it from the field with Gianni when she comes back. And then you also see, um, you know, from, from, from the football itself. So you look at Argentina, they've really also risen as well. And uh, Wanting to try to emulate the main, the men's team, you know, but i I think it, I think it all it all just happens where it all just happens where you gotta you gotta now look at um you know what you've learned from four years ago and how the game was and. You know, our players have matured tremendously over the last four years, and hopefully that can carry us through. But nonetheless, it's not going to be easy, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, you've got to match yourself up and you've got to make sure that you plan and prepare properly. And if you can do that, you know, you have a chance. I think everybody goes there with ambition. Everybody goes there to make sure, to make sure that you um that you 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 put your best foot forward and and we have and we have seen. You know, uh with the men's world cup, we have seen how things have changed. We have seen how Morocco was was probably not one of the teams that should have gotten out of the group stages. Um, you know, and then just went on and on and on and almost, you know, qualified for the world for for the final and almost won it. So that's you know. That really um, shows that if you plan and prepare properly, um, you know, because it's eleven v eleven at the end of the day, and if our players really step up, which we believe they can, you know, then there can be a few surprises. But it depends on that first game, of course, which is the most important game. And
1: and um, injury wise, I mean, you've had you've had a lot of key players battling. I mean, it seems to be a trend in women's football. I mean, you look at you just look at some of the big world names. I read today about Fran Kirby and Lucy Bronze was out for a while, and and Peniel Harder and people you. know, you know, People like that. Um What, what uh, uh, I mean? What, what's first of all? What's it looked like for for your side in terms of everybody being fit by the time you kick off the World Cup? And what? And 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 why there's so many? You know, Putellas was another one. Why are there so many injuries in in amongst high profile women's footballers?
0: Look, I was reading that, now the other day, Beth Mead saying, you know, and uh, Janine Becky saying the players who have had ACL um, injuries and in Arsenal have been so unfortunate since November. They've had, I think, five you know two then and now, you know all of a sudden some more players you know um getting uh, ACL injuries and I think they're saying that you know um maybe the games are too much maybe there needs to be research done um in why there are so many ACL injuries um and now in the World Cup yeah because players are trying to also take care of themselves and football being a context sport there's always a chance that you can you can pick up an injury just be- before the before the World Cup. Um, you know, Moko's back playing again, um, which is really great news for us. It was just a muscle injury. You know, Tim is pretty soon going to start playing again. Um, he's done really well that side. So we're really fortunate, you know, that some of our, our players that, um, you know, have worked really hard, that you know, have been key members of the team, are practically coming back to full fitness now so far. We've been very fortunate that we haven't, you know, except for the injury team we picked up last year, we haven't had anything major um, and we touch wood and, and pray that nothing happens. Um, so we've really been fortunate in that. And some of the injuries that we have, is just little niggles that the players pick up in, in matches, um, nothing really serious where they're out for maybe one or two weeks. Um, so that's really been, we have really been fortunate in, in that way. And I think we've also got to manage the loads of the players and, I think that's very, very important going forward. Um, You know, we have another camp in June and we will bring everyone in and then we can manage everything um, until the World Cup starts. And that's going to be key for us. But it's just been, you know, so sad to see all the players getting injured all over the world. And not just small injury, but big injuries. And for many of them, they're going to miss the biggest tournament in the world, which is the World Cup. And that is just so sad.
1: You know, like uh, I think Medema is another one, eh? that Dutch girl. She's also brilliant. Yes, yes. in terms of the the World Cup for South African girls, it's a it's a massive showcase. How I, I mean, that's fantastic, but how important is that in uh, for them versus you? I mean, you as a coach want them to play for the team. Is there a danger that because you know they see this as a as as a window that you know maybe they don't play for the team? I don't know if I'm if I'm misreading things here, but 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 that's basically my question. Is is you know the, the the showcase stage versus the collective
0: look we've we've always been a team that thrived on teamwork um we've always been a team that put the team first and uh And and, and everyone else at the back, um, when you looked at 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 Wefcon, I I can honestly say that we've never felt so connected. I think um, it was a team that had one goal, that had one ambition. It was a team that watched each other's back. It was a team that if the one didn't play, that one was supporting whoever else was playing. Um, It was a team that was there. Um, to just do one thing, whether you had a five minutes or ten minutes, it was the team that supported players on the pitch. I think we lost Tembi and um, I think everybody thought that was it. But we had a team, and we players stood up. We had COVID. We then had COVID in camp, and everybody just stood up again. It was it was that, and it's going to take that kind of commitment, but more effort because it's a it's a tournament that's got a. Got a got a lot more levels going up. It's gonna take something similar. And you already you really see it at training where players are pushing each other, where this is this competitive edge, but this good competitive edge about pushing each other. And I think that will hold us in good stead. We've always spoken about teamwork first. And the individual second, because if the team does well, the individual will stand out, and I think that has really held us in good stead. And still, I think we still preach that we still look in in as 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 that as part of of who we are and how we how we do things. And I think that will hold us in good stead where
1: technically where has women's football improved the most and where and which aspect of the game does it still need the most work uh, some simplistic example maybe like i mean if i look at the athleticism and the passing game and stuff like it's really come on incredibly but sometimes when you look at some of the goalkeeping you think that still needs quite where where in your opinion has it evolved the best and where does it still need the most work
0: first of all the game has gotten quicker Um, You know, the last World Cup between 2015 and 2019, the distances run is the same and people would have thought that would have been, um, you know, the big difference. But the game has gotten quicker and I think it's going to get even quicker. I think technically and tactically it's improved a lot. Um, but I think that will also step up as the level steps up is going to get bit better. I think I, I I concur with you where the goalkeepers are concerned. Um, you know, um, that is still an area where we can still get better um, in, in all in all teams. We can still get better because I think that is one of the most neglected positions, you know, where even in your league football, you maybe don't have a goalkeeper coach. And it starts there because, you know, that is everyday training where you've got to do all these you know, multifunctional stuff where you've got to be do all this basic stuff because it doesn't start with it doesn't start with the national team. That's got to go a couple 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 of levels up. In South Africa, I think tactically and technically the game has improved. To you know we we speak about being a possession based team, but um, sometimes um, you know that doesn't happen because we lose the ball so easily, we give the ball away away so easily. But when you look at a couple of players, especially the ones coming back from abroad, they've improved tremendously and. We they come into camp, everything goes up a couple of notches. But we consistently say to the players, go back and work on your technical and tactical side. I think the 1v1 duels, I think that can become better because all over the field you have those duels. And if you want to win matches, you've got to win those duels. I think when I think about that uh, scoring as well, um, there's still a lot of that can improve in, in terms of scoring instead of just finishing, because when you look at some of the matches. You know, there's a lot of opportunities and you wonder why the ball hasn't gone into the net, et cetera. So there's a lot of room for there's a lot of room for improvement in maybe all areas, but the game has really, really improved and tactically and technically has gotten better. Because if you don't see the ponytail in some matches, you you wouldn't know that it's females playing.
1: Exactly. And last one, um, the World Cup in 2027. I mean, how if South Africa was to win that, how massive would that be for African women?
0: Look, when the World Cup came here in 2010, I said, I'm just grateful that I could see, be part of a World Cup in 2010. Uh, um, and if it would come to South Africa in 2027, it would just be amazing. Uh, and hopefully I'm still alive that time. <laughs> to be able to experience that again, but it'd be amazing for, I remember speaking to, you know, the, the cricketers and them saying that they've always gone to tournaments and played away and yeah, Finally, they get to play a tournament at home where they have the fans, where they have the support. And you saw how big that was for the cricket team. I think the fans and everyone else that supported the team got them across the line, you know, to get to the final. And that was absolutely, absolutely amazing. To be able to play a World Cup at home should be the pinnacle of your career besides playing a World Cup away from home. And I think for every individual out there that has aspirations to do that, you know, hopefully by 2024 we will know whether we've gotten the World Cup, etc. But that would just be another level, um, you know. And I think the legacy from that, um, you've seen what it's done for the men's game, the legacy from that would just elevate women's football to a different level in the country, in South Africa and on the continent obviously.
1: And inspire inspire young girls particularly, I would presume, eh?
0: Oh no, most definitely. a the young girls, there are so many more really playing after WAFCON, you know, wanting to play and et cetera. And I think that will just spiral out of control. You've seen in England more young girls are playing, you see in Spain and everywhere in the world, you know, more young girls are starting to play the game and they're getting younger and younger. So that that will spiral out of control completely.
1: That's it for another episode of The Kasafa Show. We thank you for listening and we'll be back in a fortnight. Don't forget you can listen to more of our podcasts on kasafa.tv, Spotify and iTunes. You can also get the latest news via our website at www.kasafa.com and on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and TikTok.